Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome as we absorb a New Hampshire primary where Trump didn't win by 30 or 40, he won by about 11. And then the delegate count was 12 for Trump, 9 for Nikki Haley. So that, in delegate terms, is pretty close, closer than the margin. On the Democratic side, it was Biden write-ins, 55%, to 19.6% for Congressman Dean Phillips from the western suburbs next to Minneapolis, like Edina and Minnetonka. There's a lot of rich people in those towns. My sister lives in Chaska. That's in the district, but not Apple Valley like used to be in that third district. Apple Valley is where Mrs. Graham came from. Joining us to discuss primaries and whatnot, Associate Editor Nick Knight Train Fonda Caro. Choo-choo. I'm here. <laughs> yes, in my cell phone, it says Nick Fonda Caro choo-choo. <laughs> uh, I like that. So uh, you were on the war room uh, last night, you mm-hmm. and Jorge Benilla doing the evening uh, mm-hmm. spin. It's a little anticlimactic, I guess. I think everybody knew what was going to happen. But you still had people, reporters, the word you used was, Eva Pilgrim lionized those non-Republican voters for Nikki Haley as people on a mission who understood the assignment. Oh, exactly, because CNN had some exit polls that people were glomming onto yesterday. Our listeners probably saw my tweet about it. We're about 70% of, according to their exit polls, 70% of Nikki Haley's supporters were non-registered Republicans, which includes people who likely lean right, but they're just independents, which that that's a whole other discussion about, like, I don't believe, like, independents or that. Like, they, they are important, but, like, I know... I think there's like a poll, like like a vast majority of them still side with one party over the other, and I think personally that's just like some sort of virtue signal. Well, about- just like reporters call oh, themselves yeah. independents, and everybody's like, please, exactly right, <laughs> and yeah, because she she's like, oh, we talked to them, like we we have a clip here where she basically talks about how hey, we talked to them in line, and like they they take their their duty here very seriously as the first in the nation, and that they know that they set. They set. They can pick who the winner is for the entire thing. They're they're we're just that good at it. They know their job. So here's that clip. And a lot of what we saw today, you heard Rachel mention it. Those independent, those undeclared voters waiting in line, feeling like they needed to do this, that they needed to participate in this primary. So many people we talked to while they were waiting in line to go into those polling sites told us that, you know, here in New Hampshire, they really take this job seriously. And they recognize that they're the first in the nation primary and that they aren't the ones who decide the whole thing. And they really felt like they shouldn't be the ones to decide the whole thing, that other states should also get to weigh in. But what they decide here, they know matters in a big way, Lindsay. And what does the path forward look like for Nikki Haley? Well, the path forward means going forward, right? So she already has a rally planned tomorrow in her home state of South Carolina. And they really think that if they can get a good, strong showing here tonight, that they can continue on 
to South Carolina, on to Super Tuesday. You know, in South Carolina, uh, anyone can vote in that primary as long as they haven't voted in the Democratic primary. So she's really hoping to pull those independent, those more moderate voters, those people who just don't want to vote for Trump again. And then looking to Super Tuesday, 11 of those Super Tuesday states are open primaries or semi-open primaries. And she's hoping for that same game plan again. She needs to have a big showing tonight here with those independent, undeclared voters. What I thought about this, Nick, was, you know, I don't think Eva Pilgrim or anybody at ABC was going to turn and say, these Dean Phillips voters, wow, they really take their job seriously and they matter in a big way. Oh, exactly. Or like the the people who were just like one vote for this writing, this other person that nobody's heard of, or like two votes for Binkley or whatever. The yeah. Guy's name. Like, so it's like like they, they, they take their job seriously because they know that they're the independent ones and that most of them are going for Haley. So for them, for ABC, it's important that these people know what they're doing is because they need to try to get it towards Haley as much as possible. Yeah. And I, look, it, it's probably true that some of these independent non-declared voters sort of left the Republican mm-hmm. Party over Trump so that they are they really are core Republican voters who are disgusted. Mm-hmm. And you can see where they would do it for Haley. But obviously, MSNBC and whatever where you see on Twitter, mm-hmm. people who would come on and say, I voted for Haley, but I'm totally voting for Biden in the fall. Oh, exactly. They, they make it's states like this, like these states with open primaries or the semi-open primaries are the ones where you hear like a lot of this discussion of very strategic voters for like the other party of like trying to sway the outcome of the opposite party election, which... <sighs> Open primaries, I guess, are in theory kind of okay because you can you have you you're gonna have those independent voters that are gonna g- generally vote in a general election. So trying to appeal to them makes some strategic sense. Like it is a valid uh, plan, like game plan for Haley, I, I think. But the the idea that it's I, it still doesn't sit well with me to have people that aren't Republicans voting in a Republican yeah. prime. I think that's the same for like a lot of people. It's like, yes, you can have the strategy of trying to appeal to independence, but at the same time, this is an inner party determination for who their nominee is. It should be the members, the registered members of that party. Just like I don't think it's cool for like Republicans or right-leaning independents to be trying to influence the Democratic election. Because like if there was this, if if Trump had it so in the bag, and it and the write-in candidacy thing wasn't looking like it was going to pan out for Joe, and if Trump was telling those independent voters to go vote for Dean, to, to go yeah, Philip Dean, like they, there'll be all these cries of election interference and well, all there, this stuff. There was back yeah. in two thousand and eight. You know, exactly. Rush Limbaugh had Operation Chaos. Everybody go vote for Hillary, mm-hmm. and people like Chris Matthews had a cow. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I hope you're happy destroying democracy. You know, they were all upset. Uh, I would never go into a Democratic primary just to make trouble because, yeah, I'm not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to inflate their vote totals oh, exactly. by faking being a Democrat. Now, in, in a state like Virginia, you don't have to go in and declare mm-hmm. I'm an independent, but I'm going to be a Republican for the next two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but people have done that in Virginia where they go in, they just pick the Democratic ballot and go in and and play games i yeah i don't i don't love the playing games and of course you know who knows whether rush limbaugh deciding to do this made much of an impact except it really upset some people uh but uh you know barack obama won anyway 
Yeah, and ABC was really on top of pushing that whole sort of strategic voting in all the upcoming states. Like Eva Pilgrim, I'm just going to read a quote here from her, her, like sort of praising Nikki Haley's plan going forward with this. We're saying, in South Carolina, anybody can vote in that primary as long as they haven't voted in the Democratic primary. So she's really hoping to pull those independents, those more moderate voters, those people who just don't want to vote for Trump again. And looking forward even further, uh, she says, 11 of those Super Tuesday states are open primaries or semi-open primaries so abc is really sort of hyping up this idea of using these independent voters to try to edge out trump in a, in a way and trying to create that that operation chaos within the republican primary which could end up with more delegates going to her or or it's it's if republican voters chose Nikki Haley that's one thing but it's another thing for the media to come in and be like hey guys let's here, all do this yeah let's all do this thing and push this thing together as us and in the media just trying to egg egg this thing on as as the outside aggravation pokers yeah yeah well, and and this is where we go back to the study that Rich Noyes did that in all of 2023 Nikki Haley got 35 minutes of coverage and Trump got like 1200 so mm. it would be really weird if they suddenly decided now they were going to give Haley a lot of airtime now, obviously, yeah, all the Trump voters and people who just don't like Nikki Haley in general were being like, yeah, she's the choice of the Democrats. You know, mm -hmm. she's the they're kind of Liz Cheneying her a little bit. You know, she's mm -hmm. doing the Democrats bidding. She's not really a Republican. I don't buy that. But you can see where um, having a big independent or Democrat turnout is going to turn off some Republicans. Yeah, and like I saw like a lot of people last night like quote quote tweeting my stuff being like, look, all those supporters are Democrats. Like that's that's not the case either. There's like a lot of Republicans who don't want to say that they're part of the party and who will vote majority of the time with Republicans anyway. Again, like I said earlier, I think personally, I think it's a little bit of a virtue signal to be like, look at me, I am not a, I am not beholden to the party, so thus. You can't say that I am part of the problem. Yeah. The, and it's... Well, yeah. the media tends to love moderate voters as they see them. They, lo oh, yeah. they love this idea of independent voters like they're more intelligent mm -hmm. than partisan people. And I take exception to that because I think sometimes those independent voters are the least educated voters. That's why they're... Yeah, I've seen I've seen the argument of like being a moderate or being like sort of undecided means like you're just you're not you don't take a principled stand on anything. You just sort of like blow in the wind a little bit. And I like to notice that see how they're they're praising these ABCs praising these independent voters or these more moderate voters that are sort of help things to come more towards the left a little bit. But when it when it's independent candidates or people like Joe Manchin, suddenly he's the problem child yes. and he's just the problem for Democrats. Well, the uh, the media, which claims to love democracy, really hates third-party candidates in this particular oh, yeah. cycle. And I think because so many people, my mother included, cannot believe we're getting Trump and Biden again, mm -hmm. uh, repeat, uh, we didn't love it the first time, you know, whatever, <laughs> people, voters like that. There really is a, the potential here for the third-party candidates to get a substantial part of the vote. It, it also depends on the 
the the attitude towards a third party also depends on who's who's likely to it who's it likely to hurt more because like on the view for instance they were completely against like the no labels party or anybody that would run a generally democratic candidate but then when they had liz cheney on they're like please please run third party to screw with trump please 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 they, they don't they don't seem to understand that i think liz cheney running against trump is probably going to hurt biden in my guessing when you look at some of the polls that have been taken recently mm -hmm. that have in, that included rfk jr and cornell west trump trump's lead grows mm -hmm. because obviously a bunch of those cornell west is going to take votes away from biden that's obvious mm -hmm. um, and rfk jr that's the thing i think they're concerned because there might be a few trump voters that mm -hmm. go with rfk jr but there's probably less educated voters who are going to see the name kennedy and and also I would if I was ever on these shows and they were they were complaining about third party candidates like I would I would point out it's like I I am one that doesn't believe that a third party candidate necessarily will lose an election for somebody because there will be a significant portion of the people that are turning out to vote third party who are not energized by either candidate right. and the and the reason that they voted at all was because of the third party candidate so yeah they will pull some people but I don't think the majority of the votes they're taking are people that were energized anyway. Yeah, I think for me, I used to be, when I was a teenager, I was at least libertarian sympathetic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, I would have, if I, when I was 16, I would have voted for Reagan instead of Ed Clark. But Ed Clark was a good guy. Um, and so, uh, but I've always believed that, is that a lot of third-party voters vote for, for libertarians because they're libertarians. They're they're mm -hmm. not going to vote for the Republicans. Oh, I know a lot of libertarians that will only vote for a libertarian candidate on the ballot, but I also know a lot of libertarians that will vote with the Republicans because they're the ones that are the closest to it and have, like, they're more strategic with how they vote right. and more, um, I don't want to say realistic, but, like, they're more pragmatic, may, may possibly. Yeah, yeah, I think, but this is the whole point, is every voter has a right to make their own decision. Exactly. I mean, and they have a right to be mischief makers. That's just mm -hmm. not just not my bag. I would say to any Republican, it's like, you just voted for the Democrats. You think you're being cute, but mm -hmm. you voted for the Democrats. You're inflating their vote totals. You're going to make them feel cocky. And and while a lot of Republicans are upset about the open primaries thing, you know what's really worse is the jungle primaries, like in California, where it's like Republicans can never get on a general election ballot because it's just the, the top two, three Democrats that make it on. Yeah, we're about to see this in the California Senate race. And, and uh we were sort of enjoying that they had a debate out there, and Steve Garvey, the Republican, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers baseball star, and he was also a San Diego Padre for a while, which I tend to forget, but he just totally hammered Adam Schiff on the collusion thing, which we all love. But yes, mm -hmm. it would be we, it would be much more entertaining to have Steve Garvey have a de Democrat versus Republican race, even if you'd say, well, the Republican isn't going to face much of a choice. Um, I haven't seen media coverage of this of this Senate race in California yet. I haven't seen a lot of coverage of that one, but I have seen people bring on Ted Cruz's running uh, Ted Cruz's opponent to talk about the border and, oh, and gun policy is that stuff. Colin Allred, I believe so, and especially after recently with like the Uvalde uh, uh, report coming out, they, they, a lot of lot of outlets went to. Uh, uh, Ted Cruz's opponent. Yeah. Oh, so well, see, but they're yes, they're interested in going after Ted Cruz, but they're they want to be neutral. 
Which, with Adam Schiff and Barbara Lee and Katie Porter, because they love them all. Exactly. Whoever we're just we just hope they have fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to last night. Exactly. You also did Van Jones. Van Jones, who you would expect. I mean, obviously, when he got cast out of the Obama years, Glenn Beck was out there going Marxist. You know, he had some had some interesting things on his resume, but now he's a He's just a little bit unpredictable sometimes. Yeah, he, he's definitely a guy that I would be interested in getting like like a cup of coffee with or, or tea or something like that, which is getting lunch because he's, he's definitely somebody that has like interesting takes and is sort of willing to hit back on his side a little bit. Like one of his one of the things he said early in the night was basically that he that Democrats are just he, he was worried that Democrats are not afraid enough of Trump in, in, in sort of that. Uh, I'm gonna, I have uh, the direct quote here for that is uh, part of what we're looking at with Trump's strengths is his resilience is in, and his resilience is really a reflection of Biden's fragility. Yeah. And, and, and he's, he talks about how, hey, Trump has all of these felony charges against him. He has all these court cases, yet he's still neck and neck. And this needs Democrats need to be more worried about this. Yes. Now, let, yeah. let's say specifically, he said Trump's still competitive despite, quote unquote, 978 <laughs> felonies. That's kind of a fact checker moment because not only does he have, he mm -hmm. has it's, felony indictments. Yes, not actual felonies. It's, but uh, <laughs> it, it's, I, I'm going to chalk that up to one of the uh, the Van Jones-isms a, yeah. a little bit. Oh, I mean, obviously oh, yeah. we exaggerate and we, we joke and we kid. But, you know, I always think that the independent fact checkers are often allergic to humor. You can't. Oh, yeah. You can't make. Republicans can't make wild statements about Biden being senile or whatever. And they all come in and go, <laughs> Biden's not senile. Okay. But then on the flip side, the big story is, ooh, look, Nikki Haley's making fun of Trump, Trump's mental slips and stuff like that. But all the other stuff, it's like, we're going to brush that under the rug. Yeah, that's been a weird thing that just sort of broke out like over the weekend. And, and, and I know the Biden-Harris people are tweeting this out, like, you know, things Trump says that sound sound doofy. And you're sort of like... The Biden people are doing this. I mean, it's one thing for their their media allies like Scarborough to do it, but it's like Biden Harris should not be putting out a tweet about somebody else being senile. I, I love that I started seeing the uh, the video of Biden going. There's only one word to describe America. Excuse me. <laughs> well, and I don't think the American people, if you're not on Twitter, mm -hmm. obviously that's a small subset of. Mm -hmm. of politically aware people you mm -hmm. know you 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 haven't seen it this is just, these are the kinds of clips they don't tend to show i suppose we should really have our antennae out for them running some of these clips of trump bumbling i'm 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 going to be interested to see like when i when the trump campaign gets or or the or the haley campaign like gets more into a general election mode how many ads are just going to be bumble by uh, bumbling biden moments yeah and then so one of the things scarborough said and then we'll get to the view your special expertise uh they were saying that trump was mean to haley and it, he probably was he said he, her dress was ugly or whatever but it, but he also said you know if you were the nominee the media would come right after you and i'm like that's not saying something mean that's just true i mean mm -hmm. it doesn't matter we all remember mitt romney in 2012 where, you know, everything he said, I mean, what on earth was binders full of women? Not, you know, he wants to kill Big Bird, but also some of these really dumb stories like the Washington Post saying Romney gave a kid an involuntary haircut. 
And the, the, the guy that this happened to was deceased, but his relatives were really upset that the Post did the story. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so they are already some of these stories about Haley that, you know, they're digging into her background. And that's what you do when somebody runs for president. But yes, would she get a bunch of hit pieces we would have to write about? I think that's that's oh, quite obvious. Oh, like that. That's one of the things like I'm not the biggest Haley person, but it's at the same time. It's like if they're going to say the most ridiculous things, I'm going to write about it. Like when like anytime Sonny is brings up claiming Nikki is using like a fake name or that she's a racial chameleon. It's like you're 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 appealing to like this this hatred, this hatred of f- that your side just sort of breathes and and it's it's wrong like to even just launch it against hey let's it's, it's, and those types of attacks are just ridiculous wrong and like the lowest common denominator amongst human communication I think. well like you know here at newsbusters our original thing at the start of any election season is to say we're probably going to end up defending all the republicans at one point or another because whenever the media says something unfair about any of them mm-hmm. we're we're probably going to get in on that now i know that she had this thing she said the other day nikki haley about how she was thrown out of a beauty pageant because she they didn't know which color she was. And when and now when they say stuff like that, you can say, All right, let's ask the campaign for more detail. What year was that? Where was it? What happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's fair. That's for the media to determine. Yeah, when you get sketchy then and you start saying she's a racial chameleon, it's like, now imagine us saying that about Barack Obama. Yeah, right. You could all imagine your reaction to that or what it was mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, all right, so we're going to run through the view a little bit because that's that's your uh, my, main my, fun of the day. My bread and butter. The uh, <laughs> rancid butter. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, well, like just keeping it on the Nikki Haley stuff. Like, yes. Like when when um, over the weekend when uh, DeSantis dropped out of the race, like the biggest thing that that was coming out of them on Monday was Alyssa Farrah Griffin. One of their faux conservatives that likes to pretend who's who's a big Nikki Haley supporter, like she really got on her high horse and was like claiming that the it was sex sexism was preventing Republican like all the male Republicans who were dropping out of the race from endorsing Nikki Haley. And yeah, that DeSantis didn't do it. That Tim Scott didn't do it. Yeah, like I, we have a we have a soundbite here of Alyssa basically saying like like DeSantis knows better than to endorse Trump. There's some sexism we haven't talked about. Ron DeSantis actually intellectually knows that Nikki Haley is more qualified and more fit to be the GOP nominee. He's a Harvard grad. He's a Yale undergrad. He served in the Navy. He knows Donald Trump is not better than her, and he threw in some jab at her, and she's, like, warmed over corporatism. I'm sorry. It's giving sexism. I also think I like Chris Christie. I respect him. Him dropping out of the race, criticizing her in leaked audio, and then refusing to back her, even though she's the only person who could possibly beat Donald Trump, it feels like the boys can't handle losing to women. And we are the only nation, one of the only Western nations that's never elected a female president. Israel's had female prime ministers. Most of Europe has. There is some sort of a sexism in our politics we've just never been able to get over. Love her or hate her, she's objectively qualified for the role. She's objectively run the most professional race, and she would objectively be better than Donald Trump. And all Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, all these people lining up behind Trump, they know she's actually but better. I agree. Obviously, when somebody gets out here in this case, they're like, well, we know which guy's going to win. So let's endorse the guy that's going to win. And maybe that's mm-hmm. cynical. You know, you can try to say, well, maybe these guys want to be vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, look, he is dominating this race. So, yeah, if you're endorsing her, yeah, you're obviously doing something that 
I don't know. Is there a member of Congress that's endorsed Haley? I mean, DeSantis had like four members of the House. I mean, it's mm-hmm. everybody endorsed Trump just because they felt like that's where all the the you know the support was. Exactly, and I feel like. With with the Nikki, because given DeSantis's attacks on Nikki Haley, it really only makes sense on a policy position and on a principle position for him to go after Trump more, bec- or or endorse Trump because of how closely they were sort of vying for the same slice of the Republican electorate than w- what they were, because. All of Alyssa's talk about Republicans needing to be more principled like she is and all this stuff, it would be less principled for DeSantis to go with Haley based on their policy positions and what they've been campaigning on and how they've been going after each other. I just have to say, Nick, you know, the last thing I want to hear is Alyssa Farah trying to lecture us about principles and, you know, sticking to your guns. I mean, why is she on that show? She is not on that show to be anything like... I, 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 I believe it was... Um, a real Republican. Exactly. I think I saw a tweet from, I believe it was uh, Ben Domenech yesterday. That, <laughs> that was basically... Mr. Sa- Megan McCain. Exactly. Basically saying, it's like, well, how, how, why don't you see on any of these networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, a, uh, CNN, MSNBC, why don't you see Republicans that represent a majority of the Republican constituency. I can make an argument on CNN. You still, you have Scott Jennings who makes, who, who may not be fully representative of the, of the majority of Republicans, but he can make a legit, he can make a full hearted effort to represent them in, in putting forth their, uh, their beliefs in a, in a non-bias, a, a, an appropriate way that will do them justice. Yeah. I mean, I but, think, I think, yes, but yeah. yeah, the problem is, yes, Scott Jennings is a rarity. Yeah. He, and he obviously, he's if really, he's if not on much. If, like, right. And if you're mega, you're like, ah, he's a Mitch McConnell guy from Kentucky. Exactly. But, but yes, he absolutely, uh, does things from a Republican point of view. He's telling mm-hmm. them what they don't want to hear. Exactly. That's, that's kind of and that's kind of what he's getting at is that the favored Republican on the all of these channels is the one that hates Trump with the heat of a thousand suns. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Alyssa is literally just like the way that I frame this up when I wrote it is basically the identity politics of the left have apparently infected her mind yeah. because she literally falls back into liberal talking points like one of one, one of the quotes here. It feels like the boys can't handle losing to women. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they were supporting Trump and not mm-hmm. her. And there's so, and she literally basically goes after America in general, where she says we're like we're one of the only Western nations that's never elected a female president. There is some sort of sexism in our politics we've never been able to get over. And she wanted to go into the hyperbole of the left because when she says one of the only Western nations, she actually that she cut herself off because she what she wanted to say was we are the only nation. She began to say that before catching herself and changing. Like she wanted to fall into the hyperbole of the left of like America being this dystopia for women. Yeah. When it, yeah. the when the current vice president is a woman and if mm-hmm. if the president would just get out of the way, we could have a female nominee. Yeah, they want to call it like <laughs> systemically sexist or systemically racist. Meanwhile, the system itself has mechanisms built into it for changes to happen. Like the 19th Amendment came about because there's a mechanism in it for the system to change. Well, so. Well, and. This is the other thing that would be fascinating if Nikki Haley emerged as the nominee of the Republicans. You certainly saw it with Sarah Palin being nominated vice president. Mm-hmm. It, you know, they were on 
attack mode from the get-go before they really knew much of anything about her at all. Mm-hmm. And they were incredibly vicious toward her in a way they would never, ever be to Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Katie Couric's interviews with Hillary were, and, uh, we and, all understand what those were like compared to what she did to Palin. Yeah, and, and during this conversation, you had uh, Joy Behar or and, and others on the panel basically talking about like the Trump, the MAGA base hates women and all this stuff. But looking back with like the Sarah Palin nomination, what you could argue was like that Tea Party side, that uh, that 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 proto Tea Party or later MAGA wing were all for Sarah Palin. Like that yeah. was that was the point of not of picking her as a VP was to get that more that further right of center. Uh, Republican base the turnout right with McCain where McCain yeah. was really much more where Nikki Haley is now and mm-hmm. the uh, and obviously yes if you've heard all the MAGA talk here what are they talking about for VPs it goes from Carrie Lake to Stefanik to yeah to, to, they, to yeah they're all thinking about women I guess just because that would match Kamala Harris and there's there, there apparently there's even talk of like the Nikki like getting Nikki Haley to be the VP after when she, when she drops out and Alyssa's whenever that gets brought up Alyssa just basically pulls her hair out and be like I wouldn't support her at all after that it's like right you're you're just some talking head on ABC no nobody cares well I, I mean that's but it's a really fascinating thing you'd like to draw out with her and that is yes again you hate Trump that much that you would now have zero respect for Nikki Haley because she ran against him and said he was too old and then she signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, politicians do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I, I'm like, I've been around for several of these and I'm always like, I remember being like in high school and college where you have like these dream things of like, Oh, maybe the one or two will become vice president and can candidate like the nominee and the vice president which rarely happens at all so it's like it, it, it's almost like these like that kind of t- discussion is almost like this in the in this realm of wish casting of being but in modern history we can mm-hmm. look at this and say bush was vice president then president true uh biden was vice president and then president so the vice presidency holds more weight than maybe it did mm-hmm. 50 years ago uh, f- for further down the line but i'm i'm i meant like the 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 nominee picks the second place yes. person to become their VP, yes. which you which you don't really uh, see. But um, I, I just want to bring it back to Alyssa real fast. But so all of this uh, this point from Alyssa focusing on Nikki Haley being a woman and it's sexist not to support her. It's it's pure hypocrisy on her point because like two weeks earlier she was basically arguing that that she wasn't supporting Nikki just because she's a woman. Most of Nikki's supporters aren't supporting her because she's a woman. So you want to be like, there's no thought. Like her her point was, there's really no uh, equation being made or mathematical uh, calculation. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. A calculation being made by her supporters to support her just because she's a woman. Meanwhile, all of these candidates that are dropping out need to endorse her because she's a woman. Yeah. 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 It, it kind of falls apart. And then yeah. you can certainly say that we think that would be an added uh, appeal to independent or moderate voters. Exactly. I mean, there's obviously independent, moderate voters that voted for Obama, not because he had a lot of experience because he didn't. Mm-hmm. But they loved the idea of there being a black president. And that, again, is where I would say to you, um, I think independent voters love making those kinds of gestures. Mm-hmm. Was it edu- was it an educated decision or was it kind of an emotional decision? Mm-hmm. Like like when in 2008, like I didn't I voted for McCain, but I still attended the 
Obama's inauguration because I, I understood the historic nature of the first black president. But I didn't vote for him just to make sure he was the first black president. So like I stuck to my principles of voting Republican. And then it's like, OK, it didn't work out the way I wanted. But here's this historic thing that is happening anyway. I would yeah. like to see this. Yeah, I mean, it, it that it is. We yeah. are. You know, we talk about somebody being the president for all Americans, and obviously they are. But in a political sense, that's just not the way it feels today. We're just too partisan in our in our journalism. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's really tough to do that. And I think uh, uh, you 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 know you can say, well, this is. This, I thought, well, at least we've gotten over that. Maybe now they won't talk so much about systemic racism. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. So and then uh, uh, Behar, Joy Behar, seemed to counter Haley on Monday, uh, Tuesday, or on yeah, yeah. on Tuesday uh, she was countering her from Monday because uh, they honestly started talking about how the Democrats really want Trump. There are some Democrats who think Biden has a better chance of winning as he goes up against Trump. She, she basically says the quiet part out loud that we've been saying here on at Newsbusters for a little bit, which is that the Democrat, like the, the Democrats in the media are sort of on this page of like, we think he's going to perform better because like we're seeing some of the poll, like there, there are polls that show Nikki Haley performing better against Biden than Trump does or just like anybody else. And they they want Trump because it's like even without this, they're like, oh, he beat him once before. You can do it again. We'll just run the same like saving the soul of the nation uh, uh, talking point, which is a f when you think about it, they, they call Trump a narcissist. That's a really narcissistic argument. I need to save the soul of the country. I think they, I think that whole spiel, it was a John Meacham spiel, was to try to make him sound more religious or spiritual when he's really the Democrats or the party that didn't want the, the G word God in the platform and mm -hmm. want abortion to be available at all times and it's like yeah well we're gonna do some soul talk to just try to make us ourselves sound more centrist than we actually are oh exactly uh but then uh yeah i mean this is the interesting part is that i think everybody on the view they can all agree as they often do that mm -hmm. uh, that somehow haley would do better maybe again they just think there's going to be independent voters who won't be as offended by trump and that she's female on the other hand, yeah, I think that if in that case, let's imagine that Haley won. There's probably a lot of MAGA people that won't vote for her. Oh, exactly. It'll be it'll be the inverse of the other way. So, so it, who knows? Exactly. And Alyssa didn't like to hear that either. That that people were making that calculation of Trump being the better one, and because her her whole thing was like that's a major gamble. That's a scary gamble. Again, she's still advocating for this person that she wants to be, who she wants to be the nominee. And I, I think it also. While they, while they do believe that Trump was the better candidate, they really wanted uh, the better candidate for Biden to run against. Uh, they really wanted Nikki to stay in just to annoy him. Yeah, <laughs> just just for them to talk, basically use her platform and her campaign to just talk smack about Trump and talk about his mental failings and all of this stuff. Meanwhile, they want to downplay on, on the View, downplay Biden's mental lapses, say they're not that bad. I I guess we didn't get to this point, or did we? That that uh, Van Jones said that Trump looks weak because he won't debate Haley. Oh yeah, that that that's another thing that uh, that Van Jones said. It was basically that that Haley that Trump looks weak because he won't debate a woman, and like that's the phrasing of it. And I was and I was sitting there listening. And I was just like, if if a republic if, if if Scott Jennings had made that framed it that way, do you think he would be? Think he'd still be around, or he might be take take a couple uh take a couple of of uh 
election nights off. <laughs> well, I mean, I think yeah. it's an interesting thing. I mean, kind of the calculation there was it's one thing for him to say, I'm not debating Asa Hutchinson. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? For him to say, yeah. oh, there's there's this pack of guys who don't have a chance like Doug Burgum. I'm not going to lower myself mm-hmm. to this pack. And now at this point where it's only one opponent. But again, mm-hmm. he can say. Well, why should I have to do that? Because I'm, I've won I'm two winning of these anyway. Things. Yeah, I've won, I've won two of these things. Again, uh, uh, he can point to the fact, the the historic fact, the, the thing that they, the, anything negative for Trump is historic. But when it's a when it's arguably a positive thing, it's not historic because there was the his, his historic win of Iowa and New Hampshire. That's never happened before. Well, it's certainly not in modern times. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be an incumbent. Yeah, uh, and that's usually what they're saying. Well, incumbents yeah. do, but that's different. Well, Trump, in a sense, here is an incumbent and mm-hmm, may, maybe it, it, i think part of his is appeal i don't find it appealing that he won't concede defeat but he is kind of making this pitch to his base which is like i'm still president or i still should be president and that's mm-hmm. part of the reason they're so fiercely in support of him uh but it it, it, it clearly yeah the, the media loves saying this is Trump's Republican Party. It's got his grip on it. And, of course, then they want to imagine mm-hmm. that that's why it's going to lose again. Um, and, they again, they could say Trump and Trump-supported candidates didn't do great in 2018. Trump lost in 2020. Trump-supported candidates. The endorsed ones, the ones he picked, didn't win for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, if he, and if he ends up losing in 2024, that's that will be another time for, for the Republican parties to really sort of look at it and be like, Huh. Well, and people have that dark humor now. Like, if he loses, he'll run again in 2018. But, you know, this was was what Ron DeSantis wanted to say, which was, oh, uh, you know, we just lost. We just didn't have a red wave. We had a little tiny trickle, and it was in Florida. Mm -hmm. That that, he thought that appeal would work. And obviously, uh, you know, the way Joe Scarborough said it was Trump's fat Elvis. Nobody wants to see the substitute fat Elvis. Well, Ron Ron DeSantis is not fat or Elvis. I kind of like the fat Elvis analogy, but it there, there's something as usual where Joe Scarborough is basically saying, "Oh, the hayseeds, the dummies, the ones that like fat Elvis when he was mm-hmm. sweaty and wearing jumpsuits." And and even if DeSantis was fat, like like Joe wants to say, it's like the fact that I think he was in peak physical, peak physical performance when he was fighting a war sort of let, warrants him maybe letting himself go if he was. Yeah, I jo- I jo- always get a kick out of people like making fun of the fact that Ron DeSantis like needs needs uh, you know support in his heels so he can look taller. And I'm like, you especially shouldn't be saying that when you're the size of like John Stewart. I don't know if John Stewart's done that. <laughs> well, I'll be on the lookout if John Stewart or John Meacham makes fun of. Of mm-hmm. uh, Ron's height, because I'm like, you guys are tiny. Or like, if anybody at ABC talks about that, it's like, you guys work with George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the guy that needs the booster chair at the anchor desk. Uh, oh, if, if I, I kind of want to go through Twitter to see if, um, oh my God, his name's escaping me. Uh, Clinton's economic, uh, the, the the other really short guy. Oh, Robert Rice. Robert Rice. Well, he's I, under. I, he's I, under five I, foot. I want to go through his Twitter and see if he's ever made any references to DeSantis' height because that would just be hilarious. Yes, I mean, hopefully you, you're more self-aware than that. Oh yeah. I, I, and honestly, I don't think you necessarily have to make fun of people's height or people's weight. But obviously, people yeah. do. It's people certainly make fun of Trump's weight. Oh yeah. And I remember the skit with Ron De, or his with posture, Mike, yeah. with Michael Dukakis. When uh, John Lovitz was playing Michael Dukakis, and they had, yeah, they had him 
lifting himself at the podium like <laughs> so i mean i guess that's in the in the thing but uh you know Ugh. i'd like to think i'm a, i'd like to be on a higher plane than that most of the time <laughs> all right so you know this is where we'll look at it forward i i mean i i feel like it's the media wants it to not have any drama now they want it to be kind of over already they want to switch mm-hmm. In a general election mode. So that's where I'm sort of like, you know, Haley should just stay in. I know it it does definitely annoy Trump. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's just, it's like, I would like there to be more attention to the fact that the Democrats don't want a primary. So while they're rooting Mm -hmm. for Nikki to stay in, they keep pretending Dean Phillips does not exist. Oh, yeah. And like, it's... It, it's really marvelous just to sort of see some some Democrats like on The View where they're just like, oh, hey, like like you had Whoopi Goldberg whining of that we that they voters basically weren't given a choice on the Democratic side because according to her, the media, well, obviously the media really played up Biden and really didn't give much oxygen to anybody else. It's like, Whoopi, you're, you're the moderator of The View. You guys could invite Phillips on whenever to have him on, right. but you know what you guys did instead? You called him arrogant and pompous and like this scumbag for thinking he had the gall to run up against Biden. Like that's how you guys handled it. Yeah, when I mean, you have the ability and the func- the the uh, facilities to have him on and maybe give him a little bit of oxygen. He could have. They could have done yeah. that. And and this is where, obviously, the 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 so-called objective media being such an an uh, an instrument of party discipline, you know, they mm-hmm. wouldn't try to punish anyone, or or at least they're punishing them by ignoring them. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that they they wouldn't, you know, if Trump was the incumbent and had challengers like 2020, mm-hmm. they loved it. They don't love it this time. Mm-hmm. That is just more of the same old double standard. And that's why if you want to see this happening on a day to day basis, we're chronicling it <laughs> here at Newsbusters. Come once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>